And I don't think it's cliche because it's February and we here in the earth celebrate Valentine's love, love month. We used to do that love month at UTI, our youth ministry we had. Anyways, um, the whole month we'd be talking about love. But the Lord has literally not let me off the topic since February started. I taught on the unconditional love in the youth. Last week, Sunday, I taught on um, something similar, just a little, little more expounded version at the other church. And then this week, God has me talking about love again. But, um, oh, man, I've, I told Clayton, I was like, I don't know if we're doing this. <laughs> um, so let me just give you a little forewarning. I don't know, maybe it may not come out like this, but I don't mean to step on anybody's toes, okay? But God wants to. <laughs> if your toes are out there, watch out. But um, we need to be stretched. Who here wants to grow? Sometimes growing pains don't feel very good. Um, but you end up taller, right? You end up, you know, being able to grow. And um, God wants us to grow. And so today I'm, I'm sharing with you about loving others. In um, Amen. Amen. John 13, 34 through 35, Jesus, the Lord, gives us a command, a new command. I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. He says it twice. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Number three, if you love one another. Three times. You think he means what he's saying there? Three times in one word here, in one verse, he's saying, love one another. Now, he adds in there, as I have loved you. Think about how he's loved us. <laughs> he laid down his life for us. He gave his life in surrender when we didn't deserve it. When we were a sinner, lost and dying without hope or help, he gave his own life and laid it down for us so we could be saved. And now he's telling us, love each other as I have loved you. Use my life as an example how to love one another. And I was like, I don't, I don't know that I'm doing that. Like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I'm meditating on the word and I'm seeing through the word where I may not be doing that. And I was like, if I'm not doing that, there's a good chance some, some others may not be doing that. And the Lord just kept on me about this um, the last couple weeks. Now, what it, I want to tell you today what the word doesn't say. Because sometimes we may have a preconceived idea um, of what it does say, or you have it like kind of ingrained in you um, of what you think it's saying. What it doesn't say is love yourself as he loved you. <laughs> Because the word and God is not about being self-centered. It's always about others. Look at Jesus' life. He did not wake up and say, what do I want to eat today? What do I want to do today? And who do I want to hang out with today? No, he went and spent time out of love with his father. And then he found out what was on his father's heart. And he did and said what was on his father's heart. And then he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. It was all about others. It was all about showing his father's love 
to others. That's how he lived his life. And now he's saying, love others as I have loved you. So we look at the life of Jesus and we see how to love one another. And that's by laying your life down, not considering your own desires or self before the desires or needs of others. So nowhere in the word does it say to focus on yourself. It doesn't say there's a chapter of self-help. But yet this world is consumed with self-help everything. And there's a lot of Christianity, self-help, this and that. And not to say that God doesn't want you blessed and your soul to prosper and your, you to be blessed, spirit, soul, body, and mind. He wants all that. But the thing is, is that is a reaping of a sowing that you have done by loving others. Let's see, what does it say in this world? What can I do for myself? What do I want to do today? How do I feel about that? <clears throat> this world is self-centered because the devil is self-centered. And if we're not careful, we identify with this world. If we're not careful, we conform to the ways of this world. But what we're supposed to be like is Jesus, Christ in you, the hope of glory. To who? To the world who does not yet know him yet. They're supposed to see Jesus in you, which means that you should be responding and acting in love towards others who are ugly, who are unliked, unappreciated, discarded, left for dead, thrown in prison, orphaned, abandoned. These are the ones Jesus reached out to. Yet day in and day out, as the Pharisees did, leaving the man on the road, beat up and left for dead, all these godly people walk past and sneer and look and like in disgust because he's dirty because he's, you know, laying on the, the road and whatever. And here it takes somebody who's not even a believer, doesn't know God. We shouldn't be leaving it up to the world to love others. They don't even have the love of God, yet they're doing a better job than many of us. There's that toe crunch. Look at this, Mark 12, 31. And Lord, I ask you by your spirit to show us where we're not walking in love. In Mark 12, 31, this is so crazy, guys. The second, talking about the, the commandments, the second is equally as important as the first. Who here knows what the first and greatest commandment is? Say it. Love the Lord your God with what? All your soul, all your mind, all your strength, right? But he says this, and you think, yeah, of course, that's the greatest commandment, right? This second is not below, but it's equal to. And I was like, oh, have we missed the mark? If God thinks 
of loving others, loving the unlovely, loving those who treat you wrong, loving those who flip you off, loving those who cuss you out, loving those who treat you wrong even in your own home. If he considers that you loving God by how you are treating them in response, then I have missed the mark. The second is equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. And sure do, we sure do spend our time loving ourselves. Just say, put our face on, <laughs> brush our hair, maybe. Maybe get a haircut. Get a new outfit treating our body right, hopefully, exercising it, taking care, primping, prepping, da 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 But do we spend that kind of time loving others? Because he said, love each others as you love yourself, as you would love yourself, as you would take care of yourself, take care of others. So he puts loving your neighbor as the second most important thing you could do next to loving God. Yet none of us kind of meditate on that one. <laughs> we meditate on loving God as if it means going to church, reading your Bible, and, you know, asking God for forgiveness of sins. But we don't really think of loving God as loving others and those who have hurt us, done us wrong. Praying for those who have hurt you, persecuted you, thrown you in prison, left you for dead, whatever. Forgiving as the Heavenly Father has forgiven you. But yet God commands us in the second and greatest commandment, love others, love your neighbor as yourself, as if it's yourself, because he knows we're all good at that. You might say, oh, well, I don't like myself. Well, God wants you to love yourself, and that's why he's using it as a comparison here. It's the enemy who tries to, you know, bog you down and not love yourself, but he does want you to love yourself because you're his creation. <clears throat> so are we keeping this command of loving our neighbor? And let's, let me just say this. <laughs> your neighbor could be your coworker. Your neighbor could be your boss. Your neighbor could even be your spouse. And some of us are having difficulty even doing that. Do you get what I'm saying? Some people are having difficulty loving the one who loves them, supposedly, because they may treat us wrong at times or this or that. That wasn't a question God said, even if it's your enemy, so-called enemy, someone who has cussed you out, someone who has abandoned you, someone who has stranded you, he's saying, pray for those who persecute you. Love them. Walk in love towards them. Let God deal with it. You giving somebody a cold shoulder or telling them off in response to what they have done is not doing them any good, and it's not certainly helping the situation, but God says, pray for them. Walk in love towards them. Amen. So it's so, so important to love others because if we love others, the world will know that we are his. If we love others, they'll begin to see Jesus in this world. This world. I said it like a baby. <laughs> Romans 13. I'm growing in the Lord. Romans 13, 8 through 10. Love fulfills God's requirements. Owe nothing to anyone except your obligation to love one another. 
I feel like I have never seen these scriptures. <laughs> love, we have an obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will be fulfilling the requirements of God's law. For the commandments say you must not commit adultery. We're all, you know, striving for that. You know, we see these ones that are like these big sins, and we're like, oh, no, I don't do that, and I don't steal, and I don't swear, and I don't, uh, you know, kill anybody or commit adultery. You may do and be great at that, but what was the second greatest commandment? Yet we skip right on over that, even in our own household. And it shouldn't be so, because if we will love one another, you're showing God that you love him. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. If you would do this, the second greatest commandment, you wouldn't be fulfilling those other things. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, think about it. Would you want to be treated that way? Would you want your spouse to treat you the way you're responding? Would you want them to respond that way? Would you want someone to tell you off, tell you how it is, tell, you know, like ask the Lord. You know, there, there's correction in love if the Holy Spirit's leading you to correct someone in love. But otherwise, he's the judge. Leave it to him. Just pray for them. A lot of us are ready to tell everybody like it, you know, how it is. But did the Lord tell you to do that? Because otherwise, you're not walking in love. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does, not, <clears throat> does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. So you're always, since you're good at thinking of yourself, always be thinking, would I want this done to me? Would I want that kind of response to me? You know? Because he says, love others as you love yourself. Think about it. How would you feel? And respond in the way that you would want to be treated. <clears throat> I believe if we would get busy focusing on others and loving others, we would be fulfilling the word and we would be fulfilled. We would be allowing God to work in and through us and we would see miracle signs and wonders. See, the Holy Spirit moves, and he moved through Jesus, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. But guess how he moved? Through compassion. Guess what compassion is? Love. He didn't do it to attract attention to himself. He did it to attract attention to the Father and to reveal the love that the Father has. It says he was greatly moved with compassion. And the word of God says that all the gifts of the spirit, which we, we, we desire, we desire the move of the spirit, we desire all that, it's not going to happen unless you're walking in love. If we're outside of love, then don't expect manifestations of the spirit of God. Because they are a confirmation of God's love shining in you and through you. And 1 John 4, 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. 
I didn't even try to look this up, but there's so many scriptures that God's saying, love one another, love one another. I mean, he is so repetitive in this way. And he says it's as equal to loving God. It's so important that we love one another as he loves us. In Philippians 2, true through 8. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Stop right there. Don't do it because you want it. Don't, be, don't do it because it feels good. Don't do it because it's helping you. Don't do it out of selfish ambition. Do it because you're moved with love and compassion towards somebody else. He says, this is how you'll make my joy complete. This is how you're going to be fulfilled in life. You want God to use you? Walk in love. You want your light to shine? Walk in love. You want to reach others for Christ? Show his love. This is how they will know you are mine. Let his love shine through you. Okay. Being of one in spirit and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking at your own interests, but each of you at the interests of others. I feel that we have failed. Maybe from time to time, you know, we've, we've been a, a do-gooder and, and did souls for Jesus. But that should not be the only thing you do all year long. This should be a day-to-day -day thing that we're showing God's love. Some way, somehow, every day asking the Lord, Lord, let your love shine through me. He said he put his love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That means Jesus and all his love that he demonstrated when he walked this earth lives and breathes on the inside of you. So you do have the ability to respond with God's kind of love. So Lord, show me every day where I need to show you to the world by your love. Don't do anything out of ambition, uh, selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Even to the world and to your own relationships, we have some work to do. Who here has always responded very kindly and lovingly to your spouse? Who here has messed up one, or time, one time or two? <laughs> Listen, Jesus is our example. I must have hit a, hit a chord. Um, Jesus is our example. And he tells us, have the same mindset as Christ had. Look at this. This is amazing. This is the scripture that the Lord brought to Amber and I when we had an encounter with the Lord to prove that we had an encounter with the Lord. Jesus, have the same mindset as Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, didn't consider himself 
equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. He could have, but he didn't use that. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even the death of the cross. He didn't think highly of himself. He knew who he was, but he humbled himself. So yeah, so maybe you're at a better status than the person you're walking past the street. But Jesus was at a better status than all of us, yet he laid down his life and even became a humble servant and walked this earth. Even though he was God, he took upon himself the form of a human so that he could say, I've been there. And he lives on the inside of you. And he still wants to show that same love he showed when he walked this earth. This is why it's so important to see Jesus in the word. Because you're his disciples and you should look like him. You should look like him. I remember a story of uh, somebody on a, I want to say like a deathbed in a hospital, and I, I can't remember the, the minister who it was, but they were on their deathbed, and, and a minister came to minister to them, or somebody came to minister to them, and, and, and they, they sensed the presence of the Lord come in, and they laid hands on them, and, um, and they were healed. And, you know, this person who went to minister to them was like so excited, like, did you see me come in there and, and did you, you know, hear me pray and this and that? And they were like, no. I saw and heard Jesus. We need to realize we are Christ in us, the hope of glory to this world. If we don't step out and pray, if we don't step out and preach, who's going to tell them? Who's going to show them? He said, it's better that I go away because I'm giving you the Holy Spirit and he'll be in you and with you all the time. His love is in us all the time, but it's a matter of yielding to his love rather than our fleshly desires, our selfish ambition, me, mine, I. What's your whatever? <laughs> What do you use? I. What do I use? Me. This is mine. What about them? What about the others? What about loving one another? In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who took upon the very nature, who being in the very nature of God, considered... And did not consider equality with God himself. He, he humbled himself. He didn't use that to his advantage. But he was found in appearance of a man to the obedience of death. Loving them, loving us to even the death of the cross. And it didn't even stop there. He went to hell. And he experienced all the shame, all the guilt, all the pain, every single thing in your place. And let me remind you, in their place. We're not better 
we just found out the truth. And now you have this treasure in your earthen vessel so that the excellency, the love of God would be revealed in and through you. Lord, let your love be shed abroad in our hearts. Every day Jesus woke up, he didn't think about what he felt like doing and, and where he felt like going. And it wasn't about me and mine and I. And it was about, Father, how do you want to show your love today? Lord, how should I love others today? How do you want to shine through me today? And that's what he's talking about when we should have the same mind and love that Jesus had when he came to earth as a man. When I look at Jesus' response, yeah, I think there was one time out of the entire word where he flipped tables in anger because they're desecrating the temple. They're, they're you know, dishonoring it. But he mainly spent his day showing God's love to the unlovely. And even the ones he called his disciples weren't really the cream of the crop. God's the one who created us, and we are all in his image and in his likeness, even those who don't know it yet. Hallelujah. Think about it. Jesus, stopping at Zacchaeus, who's this wee little man. We'll put Clayton up in a tree. <laughs> or Chad. Anyways, he stops for this little man. He's, what is he, a tax collector? You know, he's, he's despised. He's, he's kind of, you know, to, to the Christian world, to the, to the religious world, he wasn't really somebody you should mingle and mix and be with. But Jesus stops, acknowledges him, and says, I'm coming to your house. I'm going to spend time with you. What is he doing? I'm going to show you attention and give you love because the Father loves you, not because it's approved by the people around me. They did ridicule him for going over there, but he spent his time. And guess what happened? He pulled out of Zacchaeus the image that God created him to be. He, he paid everybody back. He forsook what he was doing to follow the Lord. What could love do to those who you think are lost forever? What could God's love, how could it transform somebody? Well, look at the life of Jesus and all the lives of Mary Magdalene that he transformed by simply showing them love. <clears throat> Matthew, the tax collector. Peter, anger problems. You know, we all are <laughs> not perfect. We all need the love of God to maybe continue to work even in us so that we reflect his image and his likeness. That's why um, I said talk about step on toes. When you're spending time with the Lord, I don't know, if have you ever, um, have you ever um, had a dream or a vision or a, a you know, time with the Lord where he's revealing to you the scriptures and it's all correcting you? I want, I want to say, like, a few months ago, I had, like, three dreams in a row, and they're all correcting me. I was like, come on, let me have a good one. <laughs> let me have a good one. 
But I'm like, nevertheless, Lord, I adjust. I repent. Why? Because he's showing me out of his love because I'm desiring to grow, and he wants us to grow. We're all here. We're, we're hungering and thirsting after God, and we're cultivating his presence, and we're reverence his presence, and we're you know, you know, running to the throne room of God, and all that's great and fine. But if he tells you, you want to grow? Yeah, yes. You want to be used by me? Yes, yes. You want my gifts to flow through you? Yes, yes. Apologize to your husband. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, give a gift to that neighbor that has been attacking you. Show the love of Jesus to them. You know, I mean, and, and these are the kind of things that he, he speaks to you and addresses, and you're like, ouch, ouch. But if you do that, you will grow, and you will also Show forth the love of God and let your light shine so they can see Jesus is in you. There's something different about you. You're not responding the way the world responds. Matthew 5, 43 through 48. You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that so in other words, don't just love the ones who love you. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust. In other words, he loves us all. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Don't even the tax collectors, which he considers in that time the worst of sinners, right? Um, don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others or the world? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. They were considered the world. Even the world can love their own family. <laughs> and he's telling us, love your family, which is hard for some, and love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Some of us need help on both ends. Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind to one another. What is love? Love is patient. Ouch. Love is kind. Oh. <laughs> love is tenderhearted. Soft. Forgiving. Some of us have some work to do. As God in Christ forgave you. This is how we love. This is how they will know you are his by his love. This is how you're going to win your family by his love, not by telling them all the sins that they're committing. Just love them because God loves them even when they were prostitutes on the street or tax collectors in the tree, he showed them love. He gave them a meal or received a meal, whatever. But he partook with them even though they were in sin. He didn't love the sin. And in, as in the right time, he, he brought correction. And actually, some of it, he didn't even have to say a word about it. Instantly, Zacchaeus is repenting and, and paying people back and, you know, like... Just because the love was shown to him. 
What could love do? How could love transform? Have you tried it? Leviticus 19.18, pulling out an old one. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people. In other words, some of us have problems with even other believers holding grudges. Unforg By the way, a grudge is unforgiveness, which is a sin. And he says, bear not a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord, by the way. <laughs> not me. But he's saying, this is what I say, and by the way, I'm the Lord. So my word is final say. Stop holding grudges. Forgive in faith, even if they don't deserve it. Why? Because that's how Christ forgave you. You didn't deserve it, did you? We probably still don't. Even with the good we might have done, you never have earned his love, by the way. It was a free gift. It was a free gift. And so our love is his love on, on the inside of us. We let it shine through. It's a free gift. They don't have to deserve it. We shouldn't wait to love others until they've earned it. Because it'll never happen. Love is free. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Not talking about some old movement in the 60s. God's love embraces the sinner and brings repentance. He turns them to himself by loving them. Why do we think, I always, I always kind of laugh, um, Clayton always gets these special friends, I call them special friends. It's true though. It's true, and my dad was the same way. And, and here's why. So he'll have, like, I'll be at work, I'll be at his work, and, and I'll go visit him, and he has, like, a trail of special friends. And, and he's, like, a pastor at Meyer. He's a butcher there. But he's a pastor at Meyer, meaning that people come to him for prayer, for advice, for counsel, and all that. Why? Because, they, first of all, they know who he is because he's sharing Jesus, Right? He's sharing the love of God, and he's showing love by giving them the time of day. They're the outcasts. They're the ones that people are ridiculing. They're the ones that people are stepping on. But he shows them love. Now, look at Jesus. I'm not saying Clayton's perfect in every way. We're all saved by grace. We're all being transformed into his image from glory to glory, right? But he has work to do in areas I don't, and I have work to do in areas like he doesn't. For that, in, for, for, that for instance, um, Jesus had a trail of special people following him from town to town. I'm talking specials. I'm talking tax collectors, prostitutes. I mean, no wonder why the Pharisees and those in the religious corner did not want him doing his stuff in this town. Because he had a trail of dirty people, outcasts, 
people who they didn't even want to look at following Jesus. So my question to you is, do you reflect Jesus in this world? Do people want to follow you because of the love you're showing them? Because that's how he's saying, have this mind be in you and this love be in you that was in Christ. God is all over this. Because he wants, his heart hurts for this world that's lost. He wants them to know his love so that they will be drawn to him. And Christians have so misunderstood and so detoured even our own families from loving Jesus because of the kind of love or lack thereof that we have shown. Lord, correct it in us. Show us what your love looks like. Think about what is your light? What light are you shining? What are you shedding light on? <laughs> is it on their sin? Or is your light that's shining a love that welcomes them in with open arms? Because in Matthew 5.16, he says, Let your light shine before men in such a way, in the way I'm sharing today. Let your light shine before men in such a way so they may see your good deeds and your moral excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Well, how much did your Father love us? Uh, John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. He did not send his Son into the world to condemn, but to save. A lot of times we forget that second scripture. He did not come to judge and condemn, but he came to save those who were lost. Lost in what? Lost in sin. Lost in dirtiness. Lost in this world. So our job is not to condemn. Our job is to love. To show Jesus to the world. In Acts 17, this, this is what we're supposed to do. This should be our ambition, to let his love shine through us. Acts 17, 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of you, um, of our own poets, have said, for we are also his offspring. You should look like Jesus, being the brother or sister of Jesus. You should look like Jesus being a son or daughter of God, just like Jesus was. We all come from a parent, right? Or two. We all come from parents, and we reflect them. I don't know how Ethan and Ashton reflect Clayton, because they're tall, they're strong, you know? But they... <laughs> oh... Love me anyways. <laughs> but if you get to know them, they most certainly have his personality. So he is in them. My point, redirect. We should look and act 
like our Father in heaven. The love that Jesus showed was a reflection of the Father, and that's the same love we have shed abroad in our hearts that has been deposited already, but some of us need some practice, dust it off, and start practicing showing God's love. We have it on the inside of us. Just like we as children of our parents, I, I see my, my mom in me so much and I see my dad in me so much. Sorry. But I do. I, some good, some bad. Characteristics that were, were deposited because of growing up, you know? And, but we need to realize we are the seed of the Lord, right? We are grafted into his family and now we, we should look and reflect like him. But some of us are reflecting the world or acting like the world, and we shouldn't be. Are you loving, these are some questions to ask yourself. Are, am I loving others the way Jesus loves me? Am I letting him, because in Acts 17, 28, he says, in him we live and move and have our being. We're his offsprings. Am I letting him live and breathe and love through me? Or am I letting my flesh give way? Am I letting my selfish ambition and me and my and I desires, am I putting myself before others or before the Father's love? Let me just say, if we would seek him first and his kingdom and his righteousness and put his agenda, which is to love others, and show the others his love before our own, we would be blessed because he said, if you seek him first, he'll add all these things unto you. Stop chasing after the things. It will be an automatic blessing in return. It will just follow you. If you'll just seek him first and live the way he wants you to live, there will be fulfillment. In fact, the things that you thought you wanted may not be something you want anymore because your focus is Jesus and showing his love. I have absolutely no doubt that every seat in here would be full and we'd have our overflow room overflowing downstairs if we will begin doing exactly what God is releasing today. Why? Because we'll take the time to talk to our neighbor, to talk to the person at the grocery store, to talk to the person at work. My dad said <clears throat> at his work there was this awful guy who just had the foulest mouth, but my dad just became a Christian and he was in a factory and he asked, at this job, and everybody hated this guy because he was just so rude and so mean and, and so ugly and just foul mouth. But my dad began giving him a sandwich every day and just, like, working and then just gave him a sandwich. And this guy became my dad's best friend. He ended up getting saved because of a sandwich. <laughs> showing him, I mean, that's what it was. He was showing him love even though he was unlovely. So ask the Holy Spirit, how can I show love? It could be as easy as a sandwich. It could be as easy as, you know, helping somebody out with their yard. Hmm. But that means I'd have to spend time focusing on someone else other than myself. If someone looked at, their, at your life, would they say, I really feel the love of God?
fear that they couldn't. Would they say, I can see Jesus? If they cannot, then we have some work to do. We have to yield to the Spirit. The Bible says, walk in the Spirit, yield to the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of your flesh. In other words, you won't respond with the, what do I want, and your selfish ambition, but you'll be responding to the Spirit and the desires of the Father's heart. The Lord would not let me off this because it's as equal and as important to him is loving the Lord with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your might. To love others and show them his love means they'll come to him. This is why. This is why it's so important to him. This is why. Now, let me just share some light on just, uh, just another avenue here. Now, don't get me wrong. God wants you blessed. Third John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things. Like, he's a good father, right? I, I want you blessed, spirit, soul, body, and mind. Like, he wants you blessed. But I look at the Lord, as, med- as I was meditating on the love of God, the Lord showed me the greatest example other than Jesus and the demonstration of the love of God. And God's doing a work in me. But it shouldn't be about getting the blessings. That will follow you. Don't even worry about it. And this is who the Lord was showing me. Acts 20, 22 through 24. Paul, I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me there except that the Holy Spirit tells me in this this city and the next city that jail and sufferings lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Another version says in Acts 20, 24, but none of these things move me, and I don't count my life as dear unto myself. In other words, I'm not selfishly motivated. I don't care what happens to me. As long as I can fulfill showing the love of God to others, who cares what happens to me? This was the mindset of Jesus as well as Paul. And that's why Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Our lives should reflect Jesus' life. He forsook a comfortable home, living in a comfortable bed, having good food. I mean, he could have lived that way. And Paul had it made. He was at the top rank of his class of, uh, you know, I mean, he, he knew the word. He, he could be just this great, you know, philosopher and whatever. But he forsook all that to follow Jesus. And show others the love of God. And to be then ridiculed himself. Don't care what this world thinks. Have your focus be Jesus. He says, I count my life 
not, I don't count my life dear to myself. So that I may finish the course with joy. This is what brought him joy. This is what brought him fulfillment. And the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. So he counted his life as pointless. Kind of like Jesus, he considered himself a man, not equal to God. He humbled his position. So did Paul. And he lived his life knowing, smack dab in the will of God, that he was going to be jailed, thrown in prison, left for dead, mobbed, shipwrecked. But yet, he said, none of these things move me. What moved him? The compassion, the love for others, wanting them to hear. He was so moved that the things and the attacks that the enemy tried to do to stop him didn't affect him, didn't move him from what God had assigned for him to do. Isn't that good? Our assignment is to love others as the Father has loved us. And nothing should move us, detour us, discourage us, or cause us to throw in the towel with that assignment. If it has, the enemy has won that battle. And we need to be determined not to let in. If you're taking notes and you want to look it up later, 2 Corinthians 11, 25 through 30 is where Paul talks a little more about being shipwrecked, mobbed, left for dead. Listen to this. This is Paul's heart, Philippians 1, 23 through 26. I am torn between two desires. I'm pretty sure after being shipwrecked, mobbed, left for dead, thrown in prison, and, and presently beaten and in prison, I'm pretty sure 99.9 .9 of us would say, yeah, I'll go to heaven. Yeah, you have a choice. You can go to heaven today, or you can go ahead and stay in prison and rot. Which one do you want? <laughs> eh, I'll go to heaven. But he says, I'm torn between these two desires. I long to go be with Christ, which would be better for me. That would be selfish for him. It would be like, I want this. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. Why? Because he can hear the voice of God. He can write the word of God. You know, he can do whatever God's telling him to do and continue showing the way. I mean, to the point of death, really. He considered his life pointless except for to fulfill the plan of God. No, not all of us are going to be thrown in prison to this extent and all this, but in some places in the world, they are. And I don't know where, what we're going to reach here in the U.S. But we have to be willing to die for our beliefs and to die showing the love of Jesus, telling them the way. Amen? So he chose to stay. He chose to love others and put them before him because apparently God gave him a choice. He could just go on to be with the Lord or he could just keep fighting the good fight of faith. And he kept fighting for some time. Don't let things in this life, attacks, 
move you, sidetrack you from the purpose that God has for you. And all of us have that same purpose, to love others. Every one of us, we're told to go into all the world and preach the gospel and demonstrate the love of God. How did Paul do it? How did he stay on point? He says in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Dear brothers and sisters, I've not yet achieved it, but I focus on one thing. I forget the past. I forget about what I've gone through. I forget about my turmoils. I forget how someone treated me bad at work. I forget about this or that, right? But I continue to look forward to what lies ahead. I continue to keep my focus on Jesus. I continue to focus on the purpose, which is to show God's love to others. That's what kept him moving and motivated. And this should be our same motivation. And that's how you keep Jesus your firm foundation. That's how you're not moved. In Matthew 7, 25, though the winds may come, and they're going to come, though the torrents and floodwaters rise, they'll rise from time to time, though they beat against your house, it won't collapse because you're built on bedrock, the foundation of the word of God. Amen? And then finally, Philippians 2.3 tells us, do not do anything out of selfish ambition, vain conceit. Rather, do it in humility, valuing, valuing others above yourself. Value others above yourself. So I just want to pray this, this scripture over you today. Romans 5.5. 5. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which was given to us. This is something we already have. If you've received Jesus, he already deposited his love and you've already received his love and now you have it to give away. But we should pray every day as I'm going to pray over you. Lord, I pray, let your love be shed abroad in and through our hearts and lives. And, and Lord, where we've been missing it, reveal that to us, Lord. Show that to us by your Holy Spirit so we can make the adjustments and so others can see you working in and through us. Let your love dominate us. Let your love Rule and reign in us. Lead and guide us. Let us live like Christ lives in us. Holy Spirit, we ask you for your help. Help us to show the love of Jesus on a day-to-day -day basis. And help us to respond the way Jesus would respond. Lord, let our light shine brighter for this world to see. Christ in me.
the hope of glory. Let me just take a moment. Is there anybody here today, maybe you know about Jesus, maybe you know that he died and rose again,